You're listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. So uh, today's sermon is titled, Only Us. That kind of sounds, what, comforting? Comforting? <laughs> Just us? It's only us? There's, there's no one to impress? It's, it's, not, um, it's not out there somewhere? It's not, it's not something else? It's just us. Uh, I have a spiritual mentor who says um, just us uh, quite a bit. And what he means by that is that there's, there's no need to put on airs. There's no need to pretend. There's no need to, to have any kind of like pretense. We can just kind of, kind of be ourselves. But of course, there's a, there's a problem with that too, isn't there? Because if it's only us, then it's uh, difficult sometimes to kind of welcome the stranger. It's us four and no more, right? It's our group. It's us and not them. I, uh, I spent most of this week in Washington, D.C., and I, I love D.C. I hadn't been there in years. It's a delightful city. I mean, there's so much greenery and, and things are very clean and all of those monuments and museums. And um, I don't know. It's just a fun place to be. And I saw all of those faces of all of those people, and I would, I would wonder to myself, like, where are they going, and what are they doing, and who's their mom, <laughs> you know, and who do they love, and who loves them, and what group are, are they a part of? Acts, the book of Acts opens, and it says, uh, I wrote in the, my first volume, Theophilus, this is Luke writing to a man named Theophilus, likely um, the, uh, his patron, the person who's kind of paying for the production of the book. Right? I wrote in my first book all about Jesus Christ and what he did. And I'm writing in my second book now about the same spirit that was at work in Christ was at work then in the followers of Christ, in the apostles. And this is that story. And so it opens with Jesus. And Jesus says, you've been baptized in water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so as Carol said, this is Ascension Sunday. This past Thursday is the day. It's 40 days after, after Easter, so 40 days after resurrection. Uh, there's a celebration. It's midweek, though. It's on a Thursday of the Ascension of Christ. We'll talk a bit more about that in a second. And then next week is Pentecost Sunday. It's 50 days after um, the resurrection, and it kind of celebrates the giving of the Spirit. So this isn't the giving of the Spirit. This is kind of the promise of the Spirit. But Jesus says, you've been baptized with water, and you will be baptized with the Spirit. And then his disciples say this. They say, Master, is now the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So they, they all had expectations about what the Messiah would be. Like, what, what would it be like when God's Messiah would come? And when they kind of believed, when it dawned on them that Jesus was that promised Messiah, that he was the Christ, they had expectations about what things would look like. They certainly did not expect the Messiah to die, right? They expected the Messiah to establish the kingdom of God, kick out the Romans, 
that the one that they were serving, their rabbi, was basically going to become like the president, like the, the king of Israel. And they came down to Jerusalem with that expectation. And they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Except it did not turn out the way they thought it was going to turn out. That week went really, really bad for them. I mean, worse for Jesus, of course, but really, really bad for them. Except now, Jesus has been raised, and they've been with Jesus, and they've seen him, and it's, it's amazing what's happened, like as if it wasn't amazing before, right? And so now they're here with Jesus, and he's saying, you've been baptized with the water, now you're going to be baptized with the Spirit. And they say, is now the time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They still had in their mind that Jesus was who they were first anticipating. They still couldn't see, even after the death and resurrection of Christ, about who Jesus really was. So Jesus responds to them in kind of two ways. First, he says, well, the time is not for you to know. So timing is not the issue here. And then he says, we'll come back to time. Timing's not the issue. And then he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witness. Or when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I think that statement about being witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth, is Jesus' answer to, is now the time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel. And basically what he's saying is, yes, but it's not what you think it means. (laughs) Yes, or maybe no. (laughs) The yes is, it is the kingdom But it's not being restored to Israel. It's being restored to the world. It's to the ends of the earth. This this isn't for us. It's for us. (laughs) Um, uh, Ken Burns is my favorite uh, in terms particularly of documentary uh, um, production. Like I don't, certainly he doesn't have an equal, not in the the English-speaking world. And um, so much that I've learned from Kim Burns' documentaries. The one on Vietnam was fantastic. The one on the Civil War was, was fantastic. And I, I saw Ken Burns interviewed one time, and the, the, he, the, the interviewer kind of asked him, like, what's your motivation and what's your process? Like, how do you how do, you do this? And he's, he's, um, he's, very hum- he's a very humble man. He kind of says, well, I have a great team around me. And when I'm telling stories... Um, I tell the stories about the U.S., the United States, but I I do it in ways that tells the story about us, which is also, of course, spelled U.S. But the the us, lowercase, um, is the way that you can tell the story about the us, uppercase. Like, you you can't get to that uppercase in in some kind of abstraction, Like the way you actually tell the story of the United States well is to tell the story of the people of the United States well, us. And so today, 
when we think about only us, we're going to have to reconceive about who us is. Because us can't just be those of us who happen to make it to church this Sunday. Well, obviously, we think it means those who are attending via the live stream, uh, loved ones who are out of town or, or who are sick and couldn't make it to church today. But as, as Carol said as well, um, when we're singing, like, this is a sanctuary of God, but this isn't the only sanctuary of God. God's not just here. God's everywhere. And if God is everywhere, then we realize that God is for everyone. And now we start to hear, and this, this is kind of prepping us for next week, but now we start to hear the, the real heart of Christ. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, we'll receive power, but it's not the power over something else, or certainly not the power over someone else. But rather, it's the power for them. Right? The power that we have is the power to be ourselves. The power to be more human. The power to be like the human, right? Which is Jesus Christ, the one who is fully human. Fully human and fully divine, we say. But sometimes we imagine, you know, growing up Pentecostal, we kind of told the story in such a way that we had the Spirit in the ways that other Christians didn't have the Spirit. And that's, that's problematic, right? Like, if you think that being filled with the Spirit makes you better than someone else, particularly if you think being filled with the Spirit makes you better than some other Christian, it's not the Spirit of God you're filled with. <laughs> you're filled with some other Spirit. Because to be filled with the Spirit of God is to make you more like Christ, not less like Christ. So that to be filled with the Spirit of God is going to make you the servant of all. This is what Jesus says. I, I came not to be served, but to serve. And so that's the kingdom. And so the kingdom, interestingly enough, does involve blood and soil, but it's not the blood of just a particular group or the soil of a particular place. It's blood because we're all part of the one human race. And it's soil because God actually is interested in us and where we are. We are the people made from dust. Um, this summer we have a series called The New Ordinary. And in it, it follows a lot of the creation stories. And in the creation stories... The first human, Adam, the person, right, Adam, is made from, in Hebrew, the Adamah, the dust. Like, we are this. In Lent, we say, from dust you shall come, to dust you shall return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our lives are lives because we have the breath of God within us. And that's what gives us life. That's what animates us. And so all of those people that I saw on the subway this week as I'm riding the metro kind of around, I noticed that everyone else at the meeting I attended all Ubered to the meeting. Like our hotel was by the White House and we met in a building over by the Capitol. And I, I was always leaving before they got there and kind of getting after they got there. I'm like, how are you getting here so fast? And like, well, our Uber just kind of brought us here. But I didn't Uber. One is I was trying to save money because I'm cheap. <laughs> 
and that Uber costs more money, and you can just get on the, you know, the subway costs like 75 cents or something. That's a good price. And you get to see people, all sorts of people, big ones and little ones and young ones and old ones and obviously local ones and obviously those who'd never been there before. They're all kind of staring at their phone and they're looking back and forth at the, at the map you know, of the subway. I tried my best not to do that. I was trying to look local. In fact, one time somebody asked me, is this, the right to, is this the right way for this place? I'm like, no, you have to get on that side. I felt really good. <laughs> but I, I tried my best in the midst of all of that to kind of look at them. Like, it's easy for me to look at you because I know you. I love you. I know your stories. You know, I see you on Sundays, and sometimes I see you on Wednesdays, or I see you in town, or I see you at the church picnic. I know your names. I know your pets' names. <laughs> but then, with all of those other people, I tried my best to, to think, you know, God loves them. Their mom loves them, I think. <laughs> right? They have aspirations. They have stories to tell. They're either at a high point or a, a low point, right? Something's going on. And so that, that, I think, is how we might live in the light of the ascension. So the ascension's an interesting thing, right? It made it into the creeds. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. I might take just a little bit of umbrage with one thing that Carol said. She referenced the completed work of Christ. The ascension suggests that Christ's work isn't completed, that Christ is still working, that he's ruling, and that he's interceding, that he's, he's doing things. Like when Stephen, later in, in the book of Acts, when Stephen has his vision of Christ, he's not seated. I know it says in the creed that he's seated, but... According to Acts, he's standing, and he's kind of actively advocating. Because this is the point, that, that we are going to be baptized in the Spirit. We are going to experience the presence of the Advocate. But that Advocate is another one, because we already have the first one. And that first one is Jesus. Sometimes people talk about kind of the delay of the second coming and the anxiety that it might have created for the early church that Jesus said, I'm coming back. And then, you know, now all these years, he's still not back yet. So certainly when he didn't come back, that they would have been anxious about that. They would have been expecting it. I think that might be kind of blown out of proportion. Like I know in 1 Thessalonians, Paul says to the church in Thessalonica, I guess some of them were worried that maybe they had missed the second coming. And he's like, no, 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 you haven't. But I, I don't know that that was actually a felt anxiety that was widespread. Like, we, we suffer a lot from anxiousness in, a, in our culture. But I think we might be projecting that onto the church. They seemed to live with a full confidence about who Christ was and what Christ was doing. If you take the ascension seriously then you can go ahead and get to work in the kingdom of God. Because it's not just a future reality, it's a present one. 
If Jesus has ascended, he's ascended to the throne. And if Jesus is on the throne, then he is not just the Jewish Messiah, but he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If he's on the throne with his Father, then we can go ahead and get to work into the kingdom, empowered by his Spirit. We can speak in tongues and prophesy. We can share our testimonies with boldness. We can cast out demons and pray for the sick. We can be the agents of social transformation. We can devote ourselves to the teaching of the apostles, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. And we do this because we've received power. We've We've received power to be witnesses. So I kind of want to end here. Again, kind of growing up Pentecostal, we focused a lot on that particular verse, Acts 1.8. Acts 1.6 has now the time come for you to restore the kingdom to Israel. We weren't worried about that one. We should have been worried about that one, Right? And, and the answer is, again, yes, but it's not what you think it is. It's a restoration of a kingdom, but it's a kingdom for the world, not just for this place, uh, this one particular place. It is particular because it's, it does involve real people in real places. But it's universal because it's everywhere. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Savior of the world, not just the Savior of us, but rather the Savior of us. <laughs> And that didn't mean the U.S. That meant like all of us. <laughs> we're, we're expanding beyond Ken Burns. But back to the, back to the, the Pentecostal thing. And this is, this is a little bit of a preview for next week. The power that we have, we often thought about it as power to speak differently, which is kind of funny because the book isn't called speeches <laughs> or speaking. It's called acts, right? Acting, actions, <laughs> But we, we didn't, we would talk about actions, but mostly we talk about speaking. When the Spirit comes on you, you're going to speak differently. And there are maybe three different ways that we thought about speaking differently. One was speaking in tongues. Two was prophesying. And, and three, and we talked about this a lot, was to be able to evangelize kind of boldly, right? Like with boldness, tell our witness. I think all of that actually is true. So I'm not saying this as an alternative. I'm saying this as a corollary. Like this is, this is and, not or. We would talk about actions. But the actions that we talked about, again, were often spiritually um, amazing, right? So it had to do, again, with deliverance. To cast out of demons and kind of the healing of the sick. And I, again, I want to say that's true. This is, it's again, it's a corollary, it's not an alternative. But two things. One is, I think, in the long run, there is a power there, not just for personal transformation, but for social transformation. That with many tongues and many peoples, we, we see uh, um, a peaceful gathering of uh, a multiculturalism. Right? How is it that all of us hear in our own language the mighty works of God? And how, how that transformation is, again, 
Is now the time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Well, yeah, but it's not what you think it is because it's going to go out to Samaria. Samaria? Those people? Yeah, those people. And it's going to include the eunuchs from Ethiopia. Well, I, I didn't figure that. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was possible to include eunuchs. They're sexually different. You can't include sexually different people. They're eunuchs. I mean, they're, they're Ethiopians. You can't include them. They're, they're from a different place, a different continent. And then it starts to include Roman military leaders. That social transformation is definitely, I think, what the Spirit is up to. Because, again, it's not just for us. It's for us. It's not just for Israel. It's for the world. And we should be glad because had it, had it been just for Israel, that would not have included us. Had it been just for the Jews, we would have been out. But it was for all of us. But there was a second thing I said. So the, the first one's that. The second one is this. And this is what I think was totally lost on us. Is that the power that comes upon us, before it becomes a power of saying things and acting things, it, it's a power to be. The power to be is a power to see the world differently. That it is only by the power of the Spirit that we can even start to see as God sees. And it's once we see as God sees that we can now start to speak about it, which that's next week, right? We can start to act about it. Again, that's next week. But the power to be witnesses is the power to see the world, the power to see the other, the power that somehow on, on an aisle in Walmart or Publix or sitting in traffic or walking down the street, the power to kind of look at another face, a face that maybe is not... Uh, significant to you. Maybe it just seems like the most average face in the world. But it's the power to see that face, to care about that person, to realize that they're created in God's image and Jesus's blood atones for their sin and they're welcome to the same table that you're welcome to. And the us is only us, except the only includes all those that God has created in all places, in all times. Because our God, our Lord, sits on the throne. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you 
and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.